When you get into a cold tank, remember that, you know, Nirvana's three minutes away. All you got to do is sit, hum your exhales, stay calm. You're doing this for yourself. This is a self-care practice, a self-love practice. And remember, when your mind goes wild, like going to the dentist, when you go to the dentist, you know, everyone's always waiting for the pain and it never arrives. Imagine if you just enjoyed it and just sat there and said, man, this person's really helping me, you know, take my health and fitness and wellness and longevity to the next level. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. That is the story of human progress. One inch at a time. I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stack. Hey guys, what's happening? Just before we dive into today's show, I wanted to tell you guys that I just made a whole bunch of updates to Joe Recommends. And so to find this comprehensive list of all of the products that I have myself and my family taking on a regular basis that I am again updating. I actually just swapped out a few products because we changed brands on a couple of things and and moved a few things out of our regimen and moved a few things in and replace of it. So I'd like to keep you guys updated and aware of the changes I'm making because that helps all of us, right? And if you guys dig this show and appreciate what I'm putting out, then you're probably curious what probiotics I take and you know what vitamin D I'm using now and and how I manage gluten consumption if I choose to have some sourdough or how I deepen my sleep or improve my immune system or anything else. I am constantly keeping this list up to date. And like I said, I just made a few changes this week that I want you guys to check out. So head on over to coachjoedi.com slash joe-recommends or click Joe Recommends at the menu bar and take a deep dive into some of these amazing products that I am proud to be sharing with you. All right, guys, enjoy today's show where I dive deep into cold immersion, buckle up, and get ready to get cold. Hey, guys, what's happening? Welcome to the AMA. I am excited to be bringing you a special episode on cold immersion This is a practice that I have made a very large part of my life over the last four or five years and um, is something that I get a ton of questions on. In fact, I've got an article on my website that is from uh, 2017 that is still the most trafficked article on my whole site, no matter what else I put out and, and any other great information that maybe I choose to share. That article is just always number one when I get my little Google report and things at the end of the month. So I figured it was time to do a little show on this. Now, when we look at cold immersion, uh, you know, this is a, is a practice that uh, or let me let me back up real quick and kind of say that uh, once upon a time, our lives were a lot more challenging than they are today. Uh, you know, we didn't always have a, an app for that, so to speak, right? We were hunting and gathering our food, chopping firewood, uh, you know, building shelters and tools. And, and in that existence, guess what? You know, you get hot, you get cold, you get tired, you get injured you know, you're forced to adapt. And just about every biohack that exists today is some sort of, uh, you know, impoverished uh, attempt 
at um, at recreating what daily life used to be. We have that luxury, right? And so as we kind of dive into cold immersion, you know, the lessons I'm going to share, if you kind of read between the lines, you could apply these to really anything. You know, it's the reason you should drive without your GPS once in a while. It's a re- it's a it's the reason you should um, you know go into your exercise a little under fueled. Uh, it's the reason you should stay up late once in a while and and make your body deal with it the next day. You know, and I'm, what I'm going what I'm saying is that you know adversity really makes us stronger. And over the last you know. Jeez, I, I would be willing to bet the last two decades we've probably gone from, uh, you know, um, we've probably seen the largest, most intense decline in our health and also our mental fortitude than any time in history. Uh, the technological sort of revolution that's gone down since, you know, Y2K, um, uh, it has just enabled us to be fat, sick, and unhappy and um and feel good about it or feel you know i think one of the big things that i spent years talking about as it relates to adversity and overcoming obstacles is that you know when we don't face challenge uh, our comfort zone shrinks and greater and greater uh, a greater and greater number of things will stress us so if we never come in contact with any adversity uh slowly but surely we will become less able to deal with adversity as it comes. And, you know, in the, you know, in 2020, we're seeing this with the immune system. You know, I, I think that the, you know, the further we run from germ exposure, you know, the more at risk we are when we encounter any germ at all. You know, I think that the whole, like, gosh, I felt like we were over the germ hypothesis before 2020 hit. I thought everyone knew, like, you know, overhand sanitizing and, you know, trying to avoid germ exposure at all costs is not the path to health. It is the path to sickness because at that point, fewer and fewer, uh, excuse me, more and more uh, germs are, 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 are more than our system can handle. You know, coming in, t- in contact with any adversity, whether it be cold or germs, is how that's like our body going to the gym. That's how we get stronger. And if we, uh, you know, never face anything, then we're not going to be very fit. So uh, as I kind of embark on this conversation around a beginner's guide to cold immersion, remember that like the, the first cold therapy was just life. You know, we didn't make enough jackets this year, you know, and now we're, you know, we're dealing with it in the winter or, you know, firewood was scarce and this is the only fire we've got. So we're going to be cold tonight. And so in that vein and and going back to a, you know, a trip, uh, we go to uh, Iceland for the holidays most years, who knows about 2020, but, um, but I didn't have access to, uh, you know, um, my cold plunge. Sure. I had a cold shower, but what I chose to do is actually go the other way and, and just get in the car in my bathing suit. And this was, you know, people probably thought I was nuts, but that's generally how, you know, you're, you're on the right path. Uh, and I just drove around Iceland in, you know, in December in my bathing suit, no shirt on with all the windows down. 
And I did that for 25 or 30 minutes one morning, just sipping my coffee. And holy smokes, that's all the cold immersion I needed for that weekend, for sure. So remember that there's a lot of different ways that we can enhance our body's ability to deal with cold and adversity. And it doesn't have to be getting into a freezer or an ice tank or taking a cold shower. You know, you can just wear a few less clothes than maybe you would, you know, normally wear. And these are things, those are the things that I tend to sneak in, you know, more than anything else, because those are the things it's about how do we incorporate this into our daily life? Well, you know, especially across quarantine, while we've been in Europe, I haven't had access to my cold trough. And so any opportunity to, you know, get out early before the sun comes up, walk the dog and, in, in you know, as little few clothes as possible, barefoot on the cold ground is kind of what I've been doing. So keep that in mind as well. Um, and then the next thing I wanted to just touch on real fast is that, you know, it wasn't, you know, Runga or Wim Hof or uh, anyone else that kind of, uh, you know, were the first to really, you know, reopen this can of worms as it relates to cold immersion. Uh, yogis, you know, I know Kundalini Yoga, which is a practice that Amelia and I have been pretty heavily involved in over the past couple of years. Um, they recommend cold showers every single day. And that's been a part of Kundalini Yoga for I don't know, however long it's been around. And, you know, mystics and monks use this. Uh, you know, they've used this, you know, since the beginning of time. Uh, there's a, a long history of, uh, of cold immersion being used to increase the strength of our nervous systems and improve our health all the way back to, uh, you know, Hippocrates and, um, and the ancients, uh, the ancient Greeks and the uh, ancient Spartans, if you've seen the movie 300, uh, the Agoji, uh, they push children out into the wild, they say, and they show the guy walking through the snow with just a loincloth on. And so tying it up, it's it's not a new thing, but as we've kind of entered this uh, realm of, of biohacking, that's why we've seen this massive reemergence and awakening to these therapies that for years, you know, our docs probably told us were nonsensical. You know, I know my brother does the polar bear plunge every January 1st, and people have been doing that for a long time, and it's always on the news. And, uh, you know, there's a reason, just like fasting, there's a reason these uh, kind of traditions have stuck around, and it's because they improve our health and longevity. In fact, um, you know, um, just running down quickly, some of the benefits that have been reported from cold immersion and why maybe you'll consider adding it in some way, shape, or form to your biohacking routine. Uh, number one, one of the big reasons that people do it is to lower body fat. Uh, you know, um, mobilizing fat stores is something that we do in response to cold. Shivering burns an outrageous percentage of fat. And, you know, if we go into cold, you know, a little bit more fat adapted and, or even slightly fasted, or, you know, when our body is really efficient at burning fat, you can absolutely see some improvements in body composition. You can increase your anabolic hormones, uh, and stabilize your hormones. In that sense, cold can be a bit of a, an adaptogen where, you know, whatever you need, it can kind of find its place. Uh, sexual performance and fertility are improved. Uh, with some cold immersion, blood sugar, and anyone that I've had do this can see this almost immediately. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of coaching clients that wear the cold vest. So what they do is, you know, when they, 
you know, when they're working, you know, their first hour or so on the computer in the morning, you know, they'll toss on their cold vest for a period of time. And you can see some of them wear continuous blood glucose monitors and you can see their blood sugar just drop. And if they're fasted, it drops. And if they've had a meal, you know, it comes right into range very, very, very quickly. So lowering blood sugar is an amazing benefit of uh, cold therapy and um, is one of the reasons I love doing it too before bed. Because, you know, maybe you had dinner and, you know, it's been a couple hours and you want to make sure you get a good night's sleep. You can lower that core temperature and regulate your blood sugar, which helps a lot of people sleep. Uh, and when you control your blood sugar, you cut food cravings. Uh, and, and that can create better um, adrenal function. Because, you know, if, you're, if your stress hormones and, uh, you know, um, you're not kind of at the mercy of your blood sugar, then your hormones find themselves. And all of a sudden you have fewer cravings. Uh, you know, you can even see improved thyroid issues. This is the reason that I highly recommend when people get into a cold bath that they submerge all the way to their chin uh, to really get that thyroid gland, which is in your neck beneath that cold. That is your body's kind of metabolic uh, control center. And, um, you know, I think uh, some people jump into the cold immersion and, you know, they've just got their legs in the tub or something, but we want that total body stimuli and you want that thyroid to feel what's happening and uh, have to fight its way back and conquer that adversity. Uh, immune function, your body becomes far more resilient uh, when you are practicing some cold therapy. And, and this is the reason I believe Kundalini Yoga uh, promotes it so heavily. I think if you're doing mantra, you're meditating, you're taking cold showers, your longevity, your immune function, your energy is just going to be through the roof. Um, increases in pain tolerance, uh, massive reductions in inflammation, both uh, following exercise and uh, just systemic inflammation for people that have uh, risk factors for you know metabolic syndrome or heart disease. You can absolutely get that inflammation down with some cold therapy. Uh, as it relates to exercise, you know, I always have my athletes take a cold bath when they've got like, you know, back-to-back -back weekend events. So when I was working with a lot of endurance athletes, there would be a race on Saturday and Sunday. And so Saturday night is absolutely the time to jump in that cold bath uh, so that you're recovered and you're ready to go the next day. That being said, if you are looking to kind of maximally build muscle and you're on like a bodybuilding routine, then you actually don't want to stunt that recovery. In other words, you don't want to uh, get rid of some of that damage and swelling as quickly as cold might relieve it because you're actually in the business of trying to damage muscle. So keep that in mind as well. And it kind of gets into, you know, why athletes might um, not choose to do cold immersion in season or excuse me off season when they're trying to build up their muscles and they might use it in season when their body they just have to keep putting it through practices and games and uh they're constantly in a state of uh beating it down um so those are the primary you know the primary benefits guys um and now let's get into uh some of the steps that you can take to make this a part of your life now, uh, number one, the kind of number one rule that I have for you guys is that remember, you can always make it colder, just like anything. You know, if you're going to start eating salads for lunch, well, one salad's not going to give you all kinds of health benefits, right? So it's got to be a day in, day out thing. And all of a sudden, you know, that daily salad, you know, 
there's benefits to that, but there's also benefits to what the salad is replacing in your diet. But ultimately, nothing ever stands alone and nothing ever works if you only do it once. So consistency with cold immersion. Kundalini doesn't say, uh, you know, do the cold shower thing once a week. They say do it every single day. <laughs> they don't say meditate uh, on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. They say get your get your practice in every single day. In fact, they've got a practice that their their meditation begins at 3.30 in the morning because um, as I kind of thought about why Amelia and I used to go to these 3.30 a.m. yoga classes, uh, it's because your melatonin is still really high and... Um, when you start getting into high melatonin, melatonin becomes serotonin, uh, your pineal activity, you're still in these brain waves that are very sort of in a dream, uh, a dream-like state. So your opportunities for spiritual awakening or um, a highly neurologically therapeutic experience are dramatically improved if you were to get up and meditate at 3.30 in the morning. And Amelia and I used to do this with profound effects. And guess what? Yeah, we would definitely just come home at about 4.30 or 5 and go back to bed until 8 or 8.30. And so um, you wake up at 8.30 or, or whenever it is and you say, hey, did we go? Yeah, we did. We did. We did go to yoga at 3.30, didn't we? Um, so you can always make it colder because consistency is more important than anything else. And um, Wim Hof is an example, who's the guy that really has been probably the leading popularizer of the cold immersion thing in the last, you know, seven to 10 years. Um, you know, you'll see this guy just going into some of the, you know, coldest waters on the planet, or, you know, doing a TED Talk completely submerged in ice. Uh, and But when you see those things, remember that this guy is truly a lifelong yogi that spent decades strengthening his nervous system and his immune system to do what he does. Um, you know, one of the things to remember about cold, and it, it's probably a golden rule and maybe rule number one, is that um, uh, your body has to build up to these types of things. You know, if you're new to fasting, you know, you don't start with a 14-day water fast. You start with a, you know, like a a 16 hour break from food on an intermittent fast. And then maybe you go to 24 and then maybe you go to 72 and then maybe you go to, you know, 76 and then maybe you go to uh, five days. And if you feel like going further and, you know, you want to dramatically improve your uh, cellular health, you know, maybe you go longer, but um, remember that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I like to say Wim wasn't built in a day and we need to make this part of our regular routine. And so what you want to do is start at any temperature that makes you noticeably uncomfortable, but still empowers you. And, and when you walk out of the water or get out of the tank or turn the shower off, uh, you feel accomplished. You don't feel like crap. You don't feel like you'll never do that again. You feel like you conquered some adversity. That's the temperature that we need to start our journeys at. And that might be if you're in the shower and you're starting with cold showers, which I'm going to get into in just a second, that might be 10% colder than your hot shower. And you might do that for a week. And then you might go another 10%. And then you might go, you know, really cold um, for the last 30 seconds. I'm going to get into some of these ideas that I'm going to share. But remember, the goal is to conquer some adversity, overcome some noticeable discomfort, 
and feel empowered at the end of it. And that is the temperature you should start at. You can always make it colder. Now, uh, in terms of cold showers, this tends to be the, um, ironically, it's kind of a double-edged sword because ironically, cold showers are the most accessible uh, for most people. They are the easiest way to start uh, in terms of convenience. But honestly, I've been doing this for a long time and I don't dig cold showers that much, guys. I do it. It's a secret. I'm only sharing with you guys. But to me, I've got a lot of trauma um, as a kid, as a young child being tickled by my older brother. And cold showers are like triggering. They remind me of being tickled. And um, that's something I get over almost every single day and I go do my cold shower. But when you're doing cold showers, remember, honestly, I believe that they're actually, when you get into the real cold temperatures and depending on where you live, if you live in, you know, um, somewhere up in the mountains of Colorado, your water is going to be a hell of a lot colder than maybe ours was in L.A., um, I remember when I was traveling, I was in New Hampshire for my cousin's wedding and I just put the shower on cold and totally forgot that it would be a completely different experience than what I was getting in Southern California. And I just hopped into the shower. I was like, holy shit, uh, that is cold. So, um, it's going to vary quite a bit, but, um, cold showers are the way to start. And just remember, you know, if you're like me and you get triggered because you were tickled as a kid and you're like, this shit feels like tickling. Um, remember that for that reason, when you get into a cold tank or, you know, one of the other options I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes, you've conquered something harder in my opinion than a cold tub, because when your body is totally submerged, uh, your whole system, you've got that thyroid under your whole system's getting the message all at once. And your whole system goes, Whoa, we're, Whoa, we're in, you know, we've been in, uh, first gear here and suddenly, you know, things are really cold. We got to really, you know, shift up and, and get into a different gear here and really regulate, you know, homeostasis and really do what we need to do to regulate everything we need to regulate to make sure that we can survive whatever's happening to us. But when you're in the cold shower, it's kind of like, oh, we're getting it over here. Oh, we're getting it over here. Shit, it's in my armpit. And so the body is more, you know, I, I believe it takes longer to hit that point where, you know, if you're in the cold full cold submersion, you're in a, you know, an ice tank, you know, 60 to 90 seconds, you are getting to the point where your body, you feel like you could stay in that thing all day. As long as you didn't psych yourself out. Um, as long as you didn't, you know, um, do violate some of the rules and practices, I'm going to tell with you, share with you guys in just a minute, but, um, the cold shower, just so you know, guys, it can be, you know, a little bit of a longer, ordeal depending on your shower head as well but if you've got a wimpy wimpy shower head that's you know just kind of hitting you in a small area as opposed to a big rainfall shower head um cold showers can be um can be a challenge but i think for that reason it's a great place to start and since you have a maximal uh you have maximal control over the temperature as well um that's a blessing and a curse but uh what i would love for you guys to do is when you start like i just said start at any temperature that makes you uncomfortable and doing a week of, you know, slightly chillier temperatures than you're used to, but still warm potentially, it might be a great way to bridge the gap. You know, I don't want you guys to start full cold and never do it again or only do it once a week. So keep that in mind. But as you're kind of ready and you're, you're bridging into what I would call like a phase one cold shower ritual, I would say just start or end each shower with about a minute of cold. 
you know, this can be accomplished in a few different ways, but I think that like ending your shower, I had a client who was just chipper. He was about 80 years old and I, I know he's still alive because he was the healthiest guy in the world. Um, but he was about 80 and he would come to my gym and do deadlifts and, you know, sled pushes. He was awesome. And he would say like, Hey, like in 1951, my doctor told me to never end a shower without turning it all the way cold and spending a minute just moving around in that cold water. And that's what he credited to his, uh, not only his longevity, you know, 80 is pretty good. Uh, my dad would be 80 this year, but, but his energy, his vitality, his, uh, nervous system control, his optimism, his charisma, you know, he credited because he used to say, man, and this was way before I was into cold myself, he would tell me about this and he'd say, I know when I get out, uh, anything that happens in my day, I can conquer because I just stood in cold water for a minute at, you know, 78 years old. This guy also jumped out of a plane at his, on his 75th birthday, I think it was, went skydiving for the first time. This guy was a just total rock star. Um, anyways, um, starting or ending. So there's benefits to both. If you start your shower with one minute of cold, you are going to get a very robust mammalian dive reflex. Now, if you can, you can just Google this mammalian dive reflex. Uh, this is basically this initial shock that happens when an animal, a mammal, a human gets thrown into cold water. There's this initial shock, especially when the water hits you on the back of the neck or the armpits, you're going to get this reflex. And this is this nervous system signal. Like, like I was kind of explaining about the thyroid. It's like, send out the alarm. Something's going on and I may or may not be safe and in control right now. So when we start our shower, uh, on cold and we are warm and toasty in our bathroom and then all of a sudden we step into the cold, that extreme is actually wildly beneficial to the nervous system. And that's the benefit you get when you start a otherwise normal shower on cold. Now, if you were to um, finish your shower on cold and start it warm or hot or whatever you feel like doing, you're going to lose out some of that mammalian dive reflex activation and therefore some of the fat burning, some of the you know benefits. Um However, if you were to end your shower on cold, which is kind of if you're nervous, that's the way to go because you kind of can slowly make the shower colder across your shower and bridge yourself into it a little bit more and ease your way. It's like the tippy toe way to do it. But the benefit of ending on a minute of cold is that you get out of the shower with that accomplished feeling. You get out of the shower uh, and your body has to combat and conquer some adversity. Your body has to work its way back to normal. And you might shiver a little bit. So that final minute has a whole different set of benefits. So I would recommend for your first week or two days or week or so or week or 10 days, excuse me, of cold showers, I would say that you start with one of those two things. You could alternate them uh, one minute and one minute uh, day to day or, or start doing both, whatever you feel like doing, whatever you're up for. But know that there's distinct benefits of, of both of those things. Now, as you're kind of getting into cold showers, another cool thing that I've used, um, I've never been fortunate to have a great, a, a great um, uh, shower for this in my own home, but I've stayed in a lot of hotels where they just have the single on-off lever for the shower. 
And, you know, it's weird is there's this hotel in Utah that I stayed at a whole bunch of times. I think it's the Little American Hotel down in Salt Lake City. Um, they've got a, a Speakman shower head that I used to, I used to stay at this hotel just for the shower because it was so powerful and it had this perfect Tabata contrast shower ability where the shower, the, the water temperature could change on a dime. And, um, I literally went to Utah probably seven or eight times with, uh, my former company and I taught workshops and I always stayed at the hotel and, and I'm letting you guys in on all my little secrets, but I would purposely stay at that hotel just for the cold showers, uh, because it enabled me to do something called Tabata cold showering. And I had a Tabata timer on my phone at the time, and I've still got all these different interval timers, but I don't do Tabata personally that much for many things anymore. But um, doing 20 seconds of cold and 10 seconds of warm was an awesome way to wake yourself up in the morning to recover from exercise. Was was what I used to use. I use past tense. It's present tense for you guys. Um, but I used to do these a ton when I was traveling, time zones, and I just wanted to kind of wake myself up. And I had, again, a shower that I could just... <laughs> And the water temperature would would quickly change. Um, so how this works is you set the timer, you put it on the on the um, on the sink, and it says, you know, go, recover, go, recover. Twenty seconds in, ten seconds off. Um, and um, you can do twenty ten. You can also, if you don't, if you're like me now, and you know you don't have that nice. Uh, little American hotel in Salt Lake City shower to, to do this for you. You can also just step in and step out. So you can also just keep the water on full cold, uh, jump in for 20 seconds, jump out for 10 seconds, jump in for 20 seconds, and that's your contrast there. Uh, but that is a great way to bridge into uh, longer duration cold showers. Phase two of cold showering would be um, a two to three minute cold shower. So what you can do is, you know, you can play with the Tabata stuff, but after you've been doing, you know, for about a week or 10 days, you've been doing the, you know, the Tabata showers, or you've been doing the one minute at the beginning or the one minute at the end, uh, the next phase would just be extending that. And once you get over about 90 seconds, um, for some people in a cold shower, depending on the temperature, it might be a little longer. But I want you to stay in long enough to break through that barrier. Like I said, as long as you're not psyching yourself out and mouth breathing and being a nut, after a minute and a half to two minutes, you should break free. Suddenly, you should think to yourself, this isn't so bad. I could stay in longer. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people never feel that. They never stay in long enough to feel that. So what I want you to do uh, after your first week or 10 days begin doing a longer shower. And again, if you stay in two and a half minutes, uh, you're definitely going to hit this mark as long as it's cold enough. So here's the other thing too. It's like um, this complete euphoria that you can feel may not come if you don't stay in long enough or excuse me, if it's not cold enough. So at this point, we got to start making it a little bit colder. You know, you got to kind of make sure you're doing what you got to do. I like to lift my arms up to make sure it's hitting me in all these spots that activate the mammalian dive reflex, like the armpits, the behind the neck is a great place. If you're ever in doubt or you've got a wimpy shower head, then a great way to do it is to just run it on the back of your neck and have your arms in the air. Cause then you're going to hit all those areas. Um, so uh, what I want you to do is stay in long enough for that, for yourself, you know, to feel that shift. And, and that usually happens, you know, depending, 
But if you stay in two and a half minutes, you should definitely stay in long enough to at least get a taste for what this is like. And again, depending on your mental sort of focus and, and how much you're psyching yourself out, it can be different for everybody. But um, after about 10 days, I want you guys to do a two and a half minute cold shower. And then finally, after you do the two and a half minutes for a week or so, you know, it's time to just jump in full five minute cold shower you know, set a timer or don't. I often put on songs that I know are exactly five minutes as an example um, so that I'm not like counting the seconds or anything else and the tune kind of keeps me focused or, you know, I know more or less where I'm at um, if you've heard the song a bunch of times. Um, now I want to get into uh, some of the other energies, but, you know, when I first started Gold Showers, I used to put on Take the Power Back by Rage Against the Machine. I believe it's like 5.05 or something, or 5.20, and I would basically take the first 20 seconds of the song to get psyched and then, you know, jump in and, and know that I had a full five minutes as long as I stayed until the end of the song. So you can find that type of thing as well, but I really prefer, you know, if you were going to put some music on, that you put music on that is um, more calming. And I, I get a funny story on that. You know what, I'll tell you now. Of course, another thing I get questions on a ton is cryotherapy. And these things are popping up just about everywhere. Uh, it's a great business. I've thought about maybe opening a cryo business just because, holy smokes, man, like all I need to do, it's like, you know, it's like a, uh, it's the only business better than a yoga studio, I think. You know, I think opening a yoga studio, it's like, of course, you need talented instructors and all this other jazz. But compared to my past life of opening gyms that cost me $100,000 or more, you know, just to open the door and say we're open. I think about opening a yoga studio and I'm like, wait a minute, all I got to do is toss a Buddha over there, you know, maybe a, maybe a, um, a gong if I really want to go big, you know, some, some nice vibes, some incense and, and I've got a yoga studio and I just pay the rent and it, it just, you know, makes money. Well, I think a cryo business is like the new yoga studio now. Oh my gosh, I got some upfront costs. But, uh, you know, I could charge 40 or $50 for a two-minute session. Holy smokes. Imagine if how many people you could get in and out for 40 bucks every two minutes. That's an amazing business, if you ask me. And for that reason, I like cryo. I think there's a lot of benefits. First of all, it's not easy to get to negative 200 in your cold shower. Or, you know, the intensity and, of course, the, um, the percentage of your body that is in the therapy and receiving the benefits is is extremely high, but I think you know for me as it relates to you know some of the people that have asked me this question or my my clients, I would rather you do a cold shower at home mainly because you know the the cost you know if I want you to do this three times a week, um, then wow I don't want to you know it's generally cost prohibitive for people um, when we start getting into is it worth you know six hundred dollars a month to do cryo three times a week. Um, and it depends on the person, but that's my one thing with, with cryo. I think there's a lot of benefits. Um, but I think you get less of the nervous system stuff that I'm after where, you know, it's not that painful to be honest, even if you're in a negative 200 degree cryo tank, it's not painful. And part of the benefits of cold immersion is overcoming some adversity and overcoming that pain. And um, you don't really get that with cryo. So although it's incredible for inflammation, it's incredible for exercise recovery, it's incredible for so much of this stuff, there's a few of the things, um, first of all, um, that, that I think that, you know, you don't get. And so for me, you know, the cost-benefit analysis is rarely worth it unless I am, you know, just in need for some real quick exercise recovery or something like that. 
Um, now actually, but the whole reason I brought that up is that, sorry, a little tangent is that I remember I was at, um, uh, bulletproof labs down in Santa Monica and they've got this incredibly impressive cryo, um, tank. And I remember they, you know, they're like, okay, you know, pick your song. And I actually put on the song spiritual from, um, the episode where Dr. Caitlin Calstein and I, talk about ketamine and and some of my experiences there uh but i we talk about this song that just um you know if any of you guys have ever you know done a, a treatment um with ketamine it's you know you become very um it's obviously a psychedelic experience and you know for me there was this song that just like resonated into my soul and um i saw no need for eyesight <laughs> when i was when i was in this you know, state because I was just getting so much benefit from every note that this song played. It just like went right into my, right into my brain. And I was just really feeling it really, really, really feeling this song. And it was playing right as I was kind of coming out of this experience and the treatment with, with Dr. Caitlin. And, um, and so I still, I have that song and I've talked about it a lot on the show and I absolutely love it. It's called spiritual, um, Anyways, I'll link to it in the show notes you can find over at CoachJodyI.com. And of course, I'll link to the episode with Dr. Caitlin if you're interested in hearing how she treats depression and mood disorders using this these types of um, psychedelic treatments. Um, anyways, I put this song on and it's this very slow ding, 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 ding kind of piano-like violin. I don't know what the hell instrument it is, but um, when I was at Bulletproof, they're like, that's bizarre that you put that song on. Usually people put on like, hate breed or you know something like insane that just kind of gets them through the pain of the two and a half to three minutes that they're in the deck and i just laugh because it's like oh my god like i'm used to doing 10 minutes in in pure ice you know cryo is like a walk in the park and i just like to kind of zen out and really feel into it and really relax and you know what's funny is i have far more anxiety um with cryo than i do with getting into a tank of ice because I feel like there's always that small chance someone's going to like forget I'm in this negative 200 degree thing and go to lunch and forgot to forget to let me out. So that kind of creates a little bit of anxiety for me. But um, anyway, um, let's move on here. So, okay, so you've done the cold showers. Um, you've done the cold showers and I just got a text. My mom just flew in here that my cousin is having a baby. Um, that's terrific news. Congratulations, Ryan and Jenna. Uh, anyway, let's move on here. Um, okay. So you've done 30 days of cold showers, you know, maybe you've dabbled, you've, you've, you've decreased the temperature. Maybe you've dabbled into some cryo just to see if you're going to really be able to hang. That could be another thing. If you're thinking about buying a cold tank and I've gotten this question so many times on Instagram, where do you get those tanks? Um, here's a, here's a recommendation I've never really given before, but I think it's a, a good idea. If you've done some cold showers in your house and you're hanging and you're, you're feeling good with it and you're cool and you're thinking about investing in a, uh, freezer or a stock tank or, you know, uh, any of the options I'm going to talk about in just a second, you might want to go do some cryo. So get used to what it's like to be in real cold for three minutes. And, um, if you dig it, Maybe it is a good thing to invest in. You know, maybe you do want to throw five or eight hundred dollars at a chest freezer or some of the other options I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you. So that could be cool. If you're bridging the gap from cold showers to a, a full-on setup for your home, 
Cryo might be the middle ground where you're going to invest a couple bucks just to make sure that you're going to do this because um, don't be the guy that buys the $1,000 chest freezer and you know all the other crap I'm going to show you and then never uses it because that's a waste of space and resource and money. And no one likes that. That's where, that's my official recommendation for cryo. Unless you're an athlete that um, is a traveling uh, circus and you run races every weekend and you need quick recovery because next weekend you're going to be in Montana and the next weekend you're going to be in Florida and the next weekend you're going to be in Vermont. And, you know, cryo is a good fit for you as well. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show. If you are into cold immersion because you're looking to improve sleep, reduce stress, and gain more control of your nervous system, I highly recommend you go listen to episode 63 as soon as this show is over with my good friend Wade Lightheart. We dive into a problem that is hugely widespread right now due to complete soil destruction over the last 100 years, and that is magnesium deficiency. About 80% of us are deficient in this master mineral, and if we are, our ability to fight stress and fatigue is dramatically reduced. Uh, This product that Wade created after dealing with his own deficiency is called Magnesium Breakthrough, and it combines all seven essential forms of magnesium into one convenient supplement. It's not synthetic. Most products are, and almost no products out there are truly full spectrum. So if you're looking to upgrade your brain, your body, your sleep, reduce your pain and inflammation, reduce your stress, along with anything you're doing with cold immersion, I highly recommend you head on over to bioptimizers.com slash stacked, and you're going to get an additional 10% discount when you use code stacked 10. That's bioptimizers, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash stacked and use code stack10 for an additional 10% off. All right, guys, now back to the show to wrap up all things cold immersion. Okay, buying your first tank. Um, now, in my opinion, again, so many people fall off the wagon. Like, don't be that guy or girl. If you're committed, be committed. If you're not, just pretend that cold showers are just the end all be all and stick with that. The funny thing is, um, I started my first tank was actually a kiddie pool um, from Amazon, because I wasn't ready to commit, uh, you know, a permanent fixture. At the time, I was also living in Boston. And um, I had a shared outdoor space. So I couldn't just like, you know, consume the outdoor space with, you know, a big chest freezer, my neighbors would be like, what the hell is going on out here? Um, not to mention it's, it can be dangerous. I always recommend if people have children or if you have it outside, you never know if a neighborhood kid's going to come over, always get like a, you know, like a hundred pound kettlebell or or it could probably be less than a hundred pounds. Like a 45 pound weight plate is probably the best. So it's flat. It's not no risk of it falling over and killing someone, but, um, getting a 45 pound weight plate, putting it on top of your chest freezer, Um, if you get to that point, which I'm going to talk about in a minute is just, I want to get this out now because I always have this fear. First of all, you know, getting in and out of a electric freezer, um, is always something that should freak you out. So just unplug it before you get in. But, um, uh, there's a few reasons why it can be safe and I'm going to get into those in a minute, but, but I always do worry about like neighborhood kids or your kids or anyone's kids, like finding their way and falling into the tub. Um, so if you're doing the chest freezer thing and you keep it outside, just throw a 45 pound weight on the top of it so that no kids come over and figure out how to get in and 
you know, the lid closed. It's just a scary scenario to me. Okay. But my first thing was a kiddie pool. And what it was, was this thing from Amazon that was basically, um, like an inflatable kiddie pool that, um, basically the water kind of kept, basically it was just this upper ring and, um, it was a small kiddie pool that I could fill with ice and just fill with the hose and uh, submerge myself. It was about, you know, it wasn't too huge, but I could kind of contort my body to get into it. And then, you know, just whatever, let the water out into the street behind my house and let it go down the drain and then just fold the kiddie pool up and throw it in the storage closet and be done with it. And so that was how I started actually. And um, I think that's a great, highly affordable, multi-purpose way to go because if you have kids, you probably already have a kiddie pool or need a kiddie pool. So it's perfect. Um, now most people, and I don't think I ever posted on social media, a picture of me and my kiddie pool. Um, actually, you know what I did once I did once. So you did back on coach Joe Di's Instagram. You can find it. Um, but, um, but if you want more epic social media photos, you're going to have to upgrade to, you know, a stock tank or a cattle trough, which is generally, um, what I use. So there's two common things you'll see when people are on the internet and using, um, uh, doing cold immersion. The first one is this structural foam stock tank. These things are made by company Rubbermaid usually. Um, they're basically these big Tupperwares, and um, it works well. It's got a drain in the bottom. Uh, they're usually black. Uh, they're somewhere between $69 and $99, and um, that's that. You'll see these, you know, these are, um, yeah, these are just kind of water storage tanks. And, you know, you need to get the, um, at least depending on the shape. So it's nice if you can get away with a 100 gallon one. Um, I think a lot of people end up going with the 150 gallon one because the shape of it allows a full grown adult male to kind of get into it. Um, and if you do upgrade to the 150 gallon one, your cost is going to go up a bit, um, to about, I don't know, somewhere around, I haven't bought one of these in a long time, so maybe it's 150 bucks now, but either way, tractor supply is, I believe a nationwide, if you're in the U S I don't know where to get this in Europe, but if you're in the U S tractor supply is my go-to it's my secret. And I'm letting you guys in on this little secret. It is my go-to fitness, um, supply store. And it is where I buy my ice bath tanks, it is also where I buy my floor mats when I was opening um, my gym. Gym flooring is like crazy expensive, and the rubber flooring is like this is this is this show is all about like my little tricks to like saving money. I should rename it. But um, gym flooring is like you know it's about a quarter of an inch thick, and it's really expensive. But horse mats are three quarters inch thick, and are half the price. So when I used to open gyms, I would actually go to Tractor Supply and buy multiple pallets worth of these stall mats that are four by six. They're three quarters of an inch thick, and they are amazing. And I remember it was on sale once when I was opening a gym, and they were only $30 for a four by six mat that's three quarters of an inch thick. So I bought like a million of them and did my whole gym and someone else's gym, and it was just great. Um, so anyways, that's another hack. If you've got a home gym and a garage, uh, go to, uh, tractor supply, ask for the stall mats, um, and, um, and pick up some of these four by six, three quarter inch thick mats. Um, or while you're there, while you're there, get a stock tank 
and say, hey, my horses need water. Uh, where are your stock tanks? Or you can look for your cattle trough, which is where I'm going to go next. Um, the next option is a cattle trough, which is the ones that uh, we choose to buy for Runga. And there's a few different brands. There's a brand called Country Line. There's also John Deere. Um, but you know, maybe different stores have different brands, but these are usually around a hundred bucks. Um, we've got a few different sizes. The hundred gallon is, um, about a hundred dollars and these work incredibly well. This is what we use for Runga. We also, they also tend to be made to fit inside of each other. So if you buy two or three of them, we have like 20 of them. Um, if you buy a few of them, they can actually fit inside each other so they usually make them just a little bit off so that they stack and you can fit usually two uh, together as long as you don't buy both the male or female size they're only millimeters off or centimeters off but um, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to store these things if you're buying multiples um, anyways um, the 100 gallon one is definitely perfect for women um, and a lot of guys but if you are over six feet um, and you're a male uh, you're going to need to go big. Um, you're going to need to upgrade to a 150-galloner, uh, um, which is, again, you're, you're increasing the cost, um, so you can figure out how much it's going to cost. But anyways, um, it's probably $150 as well. Uh, these are, in my opinion, better for social media photos. Um, they're a little heavier, I think, than the um, structured foam. So if you're moving it around and, you know, that kind of stuff, maybe you want to go with the structural foam one. But um, those are your options. And if you link, go to the show notes, uh, you link to all these different things as well on the Tractor Supply website. And the next option would be a large freezer. This would be, you know, like Home Depot. You know, you go to Lowe's, you go to Home Depot, wherever it is. You probably need to look for like a, you know, like a 20 cubic chest freezer. Um, which will run you anywhere from, I think maybe Costco would be a good place to look. Uh, you might be able to find a less expensive one, but if you buy it at Home Depot, it's probably going to run you between 750 and a thousand bucks, um, for one of these big chest freezers. And again, maybe go to Home Depot and practice getting in and out and, and, you know, figure out the size that's right for you. And obviously try to get the smallest one you could possibly, you know, get just because space, uh, well, I guess, Hey, if you've got a huge, uh, huge thing, you don't mind giving up your whole garage or, you know, wherever you're putting this thing, go as big as you want. But generally, you know, people try to get the smallest one they can fit in without too much discomfort, um, so that it doesn't take up half their garage. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's the higher end option. If you do that, I would highly recommend, um, that you get a outlet timer as well, uh, just to control the power. Because you obviously all just don't want to get in and out of a, you know, electronically powered freezer uh, while it's plugged in or receiving power. Um, that just doesn't sound smart to me. So I would definitely just rip the plug out of the wall. Um, but the other thing that you want to do is maybe get an outlet timer so that you can control when this thing is actually getting chilled and, and cooled. And so what you can do is actually set it up so that it's on, you know, from 1am to, you know, uh, I don't know, 6am, something like that. And, um, it automatically shuts off. And so you know that it's kind of staying cold 
And then there's no real risk if you were to kind of get in at 7 a.m. or whatever time you're going in. That's another way to do it. But um, I would get that no matter what. And then, of course, like I said, the 45-pound weight plate uh, to put on top of the freezer when it's not in use just to be safe so no children are finding their way into it. Um, And then as you're filling, whatever option you go with, if you go with a kiddie pool or a stock tank or a cattle trough or a big chest freezer, um, always use clean water. So if you link in the show notes, head on over to the show notes, click the link. I found a really nice uh, water filter that goes on the end of a garden hose um, that I linked to over at coachjodi.com. Uh, click podcast, find this show. Uh, this is AMA3. I believe it is episode 63. I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. But anyways, um, I noticed a big difference when I started using this filter. And if you're a gardener, you also want one of these filters just to make sure that you're not watering your organic vegetables with um, not so healthy tap water. This is episode 64. Um, so head on over to that. The other thing you can do is um, I recommend to if you have kids and you've got kids that are drinking out of your hose, you definitely want that filter and you probably want to upgrade your hose as well so that if your you know hose is like you know moldy on the inside or whatever it might be, just um, get a, um, a hose that's designed uh, to be drunk from and they make these they're on Amazon. I link to them in the show notes. And the last piece is to keep your um, water clean no matter what tank you use. Uh, If you follow these steps and you cover the tub at night, if it doesn't have a cover, um, you can make sure that water lasts quite a while. It's going to depend. So it depends on the temperature outside. It depends on a lot of different variables, how good your cover is, et cetera. Um, But I would get anywhere from three to five days out of a hundred gallons of water uh, in California in the summer when I would fill up my tank outside our house. And I noticed that I would get an improvement in that when I did filter the water and when I did use food-grade hydrogen peroxide, uh, which you can also get on Amazon, I think, but you actually can't get very good strength on Amazon. It's very diluted. Um, And you can buy really powerful stuff, not on Amazon, and I link to it in the show notes. Um, So you don't have to use as much and you can kind of more or less sanitize your water um, using just, you know, half a cup of this stuff per per bunch of gallons of water. So, um, again, you can click the, the link in the show notes to the written version of this show, the, the blog version, and I link to all of these different things. But those three things, um, a better hose, a filter on the end of the hose, and using food-grade hydrogen peroxide will definitely extend the life of your water. And if you're using a nice, proper chest freezer, you're going to get the most time out of a, a, a bunch of water. And if you're, you know, using something like a kiddie pool, obviously it's not going to last very long. Um, but you be the judge and you can add food grade. This is the other thing too, is you can add the half a cup of food grade hydrogen peroxide when you first fill your tub. And then each day, just add a little bit more and you should be able to get, you know, three or four soaks out of that. As long as you're covering it and, you know, things are not pollen and all this other crap microorganisms aren't falling in. So um, the better the seal on that, the better. And I used to use a, um, and I say used to, I still do, but I've been in Europe for the last six months unexpectedly and haven't had my tank. But um, the the best way to do it kind of is to get a uh, couple of bungee cords 
and put a tarp over your tub and then run the bungee cords around so you can actually kind of make a little bit of a seal. And then, you know, you can even double up the, um, the um, tarp as well. All right, filling your tank. So filling your tub, I recommend you uh, fill the tank uh, as much as you need to to get your entire body submerged up to your chin and your ears. Um, a lot of people, like I said in the start of the show, have the inclination to just expose the lower body, but you're not going to get near as much out of your experience, and you're never going to get that central nervous system benefit. So a lot of athletes do just their legs in the tub at the hotel room, Um but um, that's great for recovery if you've got to run another race tomorrow, but it's not so great for the central nervous system, the fat burning, the metabolic health benefits, et cetera. You definitely want to make it deep enough to expose the neck and thyroid. The back of the neck is, again, kind of the, uh, that is like the source of that mammalian dive reflex that we absolutely want to activate. So you definitely want to make sure that you make this thing deep enough. Now, that being said, what you don't want to do uh, is put so much water in it that when you add ice, you get in and all your ice leaves the tank. So um, you got to play with this a little bit. And what I recommend is basically, I'm going to pretend you're all using the um, trough tank, the the chrome, silver, steel one that you see on my Instagram um, all the time, or back when I was in LA all the time, not so much as I've been in Europe. Um, and if you do that, you can make a little line. Um, there's actually a line around the tank, like a dent, like a just a decorative thing that I use, which is right around the 70-gallon mark. Um, and I've found that going just below that line uh, gives me the right amount of water to add, you know, 60 pounds of ice and get in without all the ice leaving the tank. Now, uh, depending on your mass, you're going to need to find a different line. And so... Um, be careful with that. There's nothing worse than like going to the going to the convenience store, getting a whole bunch of ice, and getting in and having it all leave, and and the temperature not being that cold. So, alrighty, um, all right, cool. And and one quick note too. Uh, remember that obviously the more ice you use, the colder it gets uh, relative to the amount of water. So if you're like me, you usually use about seventy gallons of water. Uh, if I add 60 pounds to that, I'm going to bring my temperature to about 50 degrees. But of course, that depends on the temperature of your tap water, which depends on your location uh, in the country and the season. Um, so it's not perfect. This is just like, you know, guessing. And you can, of course, buy a, a thermometer um, or um, any or one of the guns to get the temperature um, like we use at Runga. But um, a lot of people, who cares? Just make sure it's cold. And if, as long as you don't put in 200 pounds of ice, you know it's not going to be like dangerously cold for you, generally speaking. Um, but pick, figure out your um, uh, your uh, amount of water. Uh, let's say you're using the same 70 gallons I do. If you put in 60 pounds of ice, which for me is about three of these large bags I can get at the local grocery store, um, you're going to bring it to about 50 degrees. If you put in four of them, you're going to bring it to about 44 degrees. And if you put in five of them, you're going to get it below 40. Now, again, these are general recommendations, and that's about the amount of temperature drop you want to see. So if you really want to go big, 
um, you want it to be just below 40. That is like, you know, you are in a true ice bath at that point, which is about 80 to 100 pounds of ice in 70 gallons of water. That's usually what it takes to get it to that point. Uh, so keep that in mind and, and buy ice as you need to. Most people should start with, again, 60 pounds of ice and about 70 gallons of water is about right. Again, depending on your mass, you might be able to get away with less water um, and the same amount of ice or less ice. You, you play the game, but make sure it's uncomfortable and cold. I feel like I just rambled for a while there. Alrighty. Um, next question that people always ask me, um, is how long to stay in. And in my opinion, if you're going to go through all the trouble to get ice, buy a trough, da, 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 you want to make it cold enough and you want to stay in at least three minutes. Uh, that's why we worked up to three minutes, four minutes and five minutes in the cold shower game, because we want to make sure you're committed and ready and good to go. And so that's why I believe, uh, three minutes is kind of your minimum and, and, you know, Wim Hof and, the rest, they all do three minutes as well. So that seems to be the amount of time where you're going to get the most benefit without needing to, you know, torture yourself or put yourself at on any unnecessary risk. And Emilia, I will say, um, I don't know if it's our, her Icelandic blood or, you know, maybe she's just um, uh, warm-blooded, but... Um, uh, or cold blooded. I don't know. I guess I mixed that up, but she can stay in as long as she wants. And it's not unusual. Well, it used to not be unusual when we were first getting our feet wet with this stuff that we would have to literally like thaw her out because she would have no problem staying in freezing cold water for 10, 11, 12 minutes. And maybe it was all the Kundalini yoga over the years, but, um, but then she'd get out and that's when she would start frantically shivering. We'd have to throw her in the bathroom and get the juve lights on her and sauna and, and just thaw her out. So three minutes is that amount of time where like you can feel good about it. You can feel accomplished. You're going to get a lot of health benefits. And the risk of hypothermia or frostbite is very, very, very low for most people as long as they've built up to this in a responsible way, which of course is the theme of this. I want you guys to build up responsibly. And if you want to make it a little easier on yourself, um, you know, in the beginning, most people will complain of pain in the hands and feet. Now, um, it's not hard generally to get your hands and feet out of the water, and that's not going to create a scenario that you're not still going to get a ton of benefit from doing cold immersion. I tend to leave them in just because I'm like, eh, whatever, I'm just going to kind of suffer through this, and I'll make sure, you know, I've never had any negative consequences myself. But if you're worried, just take your hands out. It's not like... You know, I'm more concerned with getting your thyroid in, your chin in, your neck in, the back of your neck in, your armpits in, than I am worried about your, you know, your fingers, you know, getting the maximal benefit of the cold because, you know, they don't have great blood flow as it is. And also if we're under stress, which this is a hormetic stress, just like fasting, just like exercise, it's, we're doing it to make our body stronger. But one of the things that happens is when you're in cold, your body wants to protect your internal organs. And so you shuttle all the blood in, which means your fingers and toes actually have less blood than they would not in cold, which means the risk for frostbite and things. This is why these are the areas that it attacks. So just take your fingers out if they really hurt and don't feel too bad about it, but stay in for three minutes once you've gone and created this whole scenario for yourself where you've got the cold, you've got the tank, you've got the ice, you've got the cold water, you've got the pun punching yourself in the chest, you're ready to go, and you get in, don't get out in 30 seconds. All righty. Um, like I said, try to get it, you know, when you're really catching your stride, you know, 
under 45 and under 40 are like the big time. You're really, really getting some benefits at that point. But it's not to say that there's not also benefits of never getting more than 60 pounds of ice and just teaching yourself how to stay in longer and longer and longer. You can get a lot of benefits of that, especially. And if you choose to do that, just, you know, from an economic standpoint, I get it. Um, you know, um, what you can do is actually, yes, you know, get 60 pounds of ice, which, um, is still going to make that water about 50 degrees, depending, maybe colder. If you are fortunate to live somewhere where your tap water is really cold. Uh, and what you can do is stay in longer, but you can also increase, and this goes for anybody that wants to increase the intensity of their cold immersion, do head dunks. So like I said, that mammalian dive reflex is really intense. And when water hits, especially the back of the neck, you get this strong signal that the body needs to adapt. We need to change. We need to regulate temperature. We need to mobilize fat. We need to regulate blood glucose. We need to stay in control. We need to heighten our nervous system. Now you can reactivate that mammalian dive reflex every 10 seconds if you want to by dunking your head and pulling it out. So anytime you dunk your head, your nervous system goes through that entire process again. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? And when you get that signal, your body, just in case you're not safe, goes through this whole hormonal shift. So dunking your head repeatedly is a good way to, first of all, fry your nervous system if you're new to cold immersion. So be careful. But if you ever need to make the temperature uh, more intense without adding ice because you don't have any left. That's the way that I choose to do it. And I'll do this a lot. If we had people over in Venice and we did some late night cold immersion, which I love doing because it decreases core temperature and improves sleep quality. Uh, and if we had people over depending on season, of course, um, and, and really chilled the tank down and covered it up overnight. The next morning when I got up, generally that water was still 50 to 55 degrees. And so what I would do is add that little dash of hydrogen peroxide, stir it up, just make sure I get any, you know, nastiness that might've accumulated overnight. Um, and then I would get in and what I would do is I would actually do things almost like reverse Tabata. So I would actually submerge my head for 10 seconds, pull my head out for 20 seconds, put my head in for 10 seconds, pull my head. And now I'm getting breath work in the cold, um, and some, some head dunks. Now, Obviously, that's I've been doing this for years, and that can be extremely dangerous. In fact, um, if you're not new, uh, or excuse me, if you are new, I don't recommend that at all. In fact, breath holds and cold generally don't work. There's been quite a few free divers that have actually died doing Wim Hof method before diving deep and holding their breath for a prolonged period of time. So don't confuse what I'm recommending here. Um, but I would choose to do that myself. I would do like 10 seconds in the water, come out exhale, hum, swallow. If you listen to my show with Lois Laney, exhale, hum, swallow a couple of times, go right back in. And that was a way to increase the intensity of not so cold water and make it feel like it was a lot colder and give my nervous system the jolt of a 38 or 40 degree temperature without, without, um, adding any ice or, or actually being in that temperature water, which I guess brings us to, uh, number seven, which is, uh, preparing your mind and body. Now, there's two things here, and I kind of alluded to this. When I did the, uh, the cryotherapy, when I did the cryotherapy and I put on the spiritual song, uh, the woman at Bulletproof was like, you're out of your mind. Most people put on, you know, really intense heavy metal. And I think this is the difference between our approach at Runga to cold immersion and many of the other approaches out there. Uh, you know, we don't get into the cold like, 
you know, we don't beat our chest and we don't, you know, um, completely hyperventilate. In fact, generally speaking, I like people to create a relationship with a cold where you're, you haven't necessarily prepared your nervous system. And there's two ways to do it. And we do both in honesty, but in terms of the way that I, I really love when people conquer this obstacle or this adversity and in, in a mindful way, I think it's really cool and fun and, um, and it's really empowering. So, the two ways to do this are you can more or less do like a Wim Hof, which is a really cool tactic of hyperventilation with some breath holds and things like that, which jacks your nervous system. Uh, it increases nitric oxide production a lot. And when you get in, you actually don't really feel the cold that much because your nervous system is so fit. It is so up for the challenge. It is so so robust and your oxygen is flowing so well and your carbon dioxide levels are so nice and everything is perfect. So you can simply get in and you've got a nice easy minute or so and you feel like you can kind of stay in forever. And then about three, four minutes, you actually start getting a little bit colder. Um, that is the sort of conventional like punch yourself in the chest, get in the cold way to do it. And there's a ton of benefits to that for sure. Your resilience, your everything is just is just you're checking a lot of boxes. Now, what I like to do is actually get people much more calm, um, still boost nitric oxide with some humming and and just you know a little less hyperventilating in a more in a more you know we'll use box breathing. I'll also use things like if you uh, go to the show notes and click Kundalini by Joe, you know we'll do some like exercises like knee tucks where we inhale the legs down and exhale as the knees come into the chest, inhale, exhale as the knees come into the chest. And so we're actually pumping and moving the body and increasing circulation. Um, and so you're actually getting into a more sort of relaxed state where when you get into the cold, you're very aware of the cold, but you're more able to deal with it. You're more able to manage it. And it's a much more conscious approach where you're consciously conquering this challenge and then guess what? After about a minute and a half, you just have this like liberation from pain. You feel amazing. You feel like you could stay in forever. And so those are the two things you can do. You could do all sorts of breath work that makes it really easy. And again, you can link in the show notes to a few different examples of this. Uh, you can do some breath work that makes it really easy to kind of get into the cold, conquer that adversity, and you're going to get cold in two to three to four minutes. Or you can go the other way and then you kind of break out of it. And of course, you know, four or five minutes later, you're going to, you're going to get that same return of the cold. Your body's not going to, depending on the temperature, be able to withstand it forever. But I've noticed from folks that do the two different styles, that's kind of the difference I see. When you do the punch your chest kind of hyperventilation, you've got an easier first minute and then you kind of, you know, maybe start to get a little bit more cold as you start to utilize some of the circulating oxygen and nitric oxide in your system. And then you've got the other way where it's kind of like your conscious overcoming this adversity and then eventually you break through. So those are the two different options. Um, and again, if you link in the show notes, you can see some examples of breath work here. Um, and how I want to kind of tie up this episode is a very important piece, which is entering the cold. Now, I like to say that the first breath that happens in the water is the one that dictates your entire experience. And so if you get into the cold and gasp, you get into the cold and let your mind go wild, 
you are uh, setting the tone for a painful experience. But if you get in and that first breath is under your terms and you are in control of that breath, then you can control the narrative of the next three minutes. Now, how I have kind of come to teach this and how I have come to see the most success, I, I recently did a birthday party for a friend in um, LA and he had about 20 of his close friends over and I never saw so many people get through their th full three minutes at a full at 38 degrees or 35 degrees. I can't quite remember the temperature, but it was 35 or 38. And we had 20 people that had never, ever done cold immersion before in their life. And all of them did a full three minutes, not one sat out. And I had never seen that. I hadn't even seen that at a Runga event that not one person didn't get in and and complete the three minutes so it's just an amazing thing but one of the big things outside of the different types of breath work i explained a second ago and that i'm going to share with you in the show notes the big thing that i taught that group that i really focused on was getting into the cold on an exhalation and ensuring the first breath was calm and through the nose and then when the going gets tough in the cold, we began to hum the exhale again, just like I just referenced a minute ago. And those hacks that we, we used in that group got through all 20 of these first timers, uh, got all 20 of these first timers through their full three minutes in negative, in, in under 40 degree water. Now, uh, how we get in here is steadily and gingerly calmly you never want to like cannonball like i've done a few times i do this sometimes just to like make a point that it's fun and but it's actually not what excuse me your nervous system wants your nervous system if you want to kind of stay in control of it you don't want to do the uh like you've seen me do on the videos like just drop yourself into the cold you know i suspend myself like a pigeon pose or not a pigeon pose a crow pose above the ice bath tank and then i let go and submerge myself really quick and i do that to get people laughing and f having a good time and so they realize that they're going to make it but generally you actually don't want to do that uh what you want to do is kind of step in slowly and steadily once you decide that it's time to step in you need to steadily get in don't Put your feet in and wait 20 seconds and try to go a little deep. You're never going to get in and you're going to have a not so fun experience. So get in steadily, gingerly, calmly. Don't slow down once you start and get in on an exhale hold. And so what I mean by that is you're going to finish your breathing, whatever breathing you're doing, hum your exhale and your next inhale is going to be when you're fully submerged. And that's why it's so important to not delay and just steadily get in because it should only take you two to three seconds to get into the water max. And then that first inhale through the nose and hum that exhale. That's going to increase nitric oxide and parasympathetic activity during a time when your body just wants to go. Ah! All right. That's important. Um, and then once you're in, submerge your whole body. And, you know, like I said a minute ago, if you, uh, if you submerge your head, you're going to get a really strong mammalian dive reflex, which will help in terms of you conquering and hitting that mark that's 90 seconds away where your body just kind of is, is liberated from the pain. Now, a lot of, you know, especially women that maybe did their hair today or something don't like to submerge their head right away. Most of the time I see guys more willing to do that. But if it's your first time, don't even worry about it. But do get your thyroid in and know that, you know, you can always dunk your head next time if today isn't the time to do it. Um, it will increase the intensity and the jolt of that first initial step in, but it will bring the piece sooner. So you guys weigh that out. Um, Alrighty. And then again, get in on the exhale, make that first breath 
in the cold, that first inhalation, that's going to dictate your experience. So don't do it rapidly. Don't do it frantically. Don't do it sympathetically. Don't do it with your mouth and hum that following exhale. And that's going to set you on the course to enjoy the next three minutes. And um, when you're in there, just remember that, you know, Nirvana's three minutes away. All you got to do is sit, hum your exhales, stay calm. You're doing this for yourself. This is a self-care practice, a self-love practice. And remember, when your mind goes wild, like going to the dentist, when you go to the dentist, you know, everyone's always waiting for the pain and it never arrives. Imagine if you just enjoyed it and just sat there and said, man, this person's really helping me you know, take my health and fitness and wellness and longevity to the next level. Uh, you know, your, your cardiovascular health has a lot to do with your teeth. I, I bet you guys didn't know that. Um, in fact, when we were uh, doing some, you know, all sorts of deep dives into pregnancy, the number one risk for a preterm birth is uh, gingivitis. Uh, so the, the gums really do. Um, they are the bridge to the soul. So take care of your teeth. Um, anyways, that's about it. Okay. I hope you found this helpful, guys. Uh, again, coachodi.com. Uh, click podcast. This is AMA3, uh, the beginner's guide to cold immersion, which I hope you enjoyed today. Uh, and guys, if you have any questions, you can send me a direct message on Instagram at coachjodi. And um, I really hope you guys make this part of your life. Again, you know, it is probably the most accessible way to lower body fat, increase hormone levels, improve sexual performance, cut food cravings, deepen sleep, improve thyroid health, reduce uh, inflammation, increase pain tolerance, enhance your immune function, and get a couple of epic social media photos. So I do hope you make this part of your routine, and I hope that this podcast was helpful for you, helpful for you to do that. And that's it for me, guys. I uh, look forward to you... Um, uh, enjoying this show and um, sharing it around your social media channels and rating and subscribing and reviewing to this show. I think that that is something that if I could ask you one favor, that would be it because it helps me grow this podcast, reach more people, help more people, improve more lives. And of course, continue to bring you guys high value free content every single week, twice now. Now that we've launched this episode, we are now launching two episodes per week, and it is because of your subscriptions and support that I'm able to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing this around and uh, using codes and supporting my partners. Uh, Guys, you are making uh, my life more fulfilling and joyful uh, as I am here to support others' journeys. And this medium that I began last year has been one of the most fulfilling ways for me to connect you guys with amazing ideas that, you know, with all the interviews, maybe you've downloaded from this podcast, you know, these are, this isn't me anymore. This isn't just me sharing on social media about, you know, cold or kettlebells or anything else. You've you've empowered me and enabled me to, to go out there and find these experts and authors and podcasters that I have listened to and entrusted myself to impact my personal journey. And you've allowed me to connect you directly with them. And I just can't thank you enough for that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let me know what you think of it. And until next time, guys, this is Joe over and out. Peace. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to coachjoedi.com and click podcast from the menu. 
If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show, please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com to somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed. For full transparency, some of these links do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff, and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them, so thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week. Take care.